Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do, and more so, we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Beautiful. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, We're really excited to be here. We have a super special guest on for you today, uh, Jude, uh, the owner of Hot Butcher, is sitting here with us. We uh, we appreciate you coming on with us, man. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Perfect. We've got lots to talk about. Uh, we've been sitting here for like 30 minutes, like talking to Jude already and like just getting primed up. So I feel like we're going to have a good good podcast. But first, before we get into that, uh, what are we uh, sipping on today, guys? I got a delicious half acre daisy cutter. First time? Uh, yeah, exactly. I've never had it before. <laughs> Dude, Dude, what do you got? Yeah, what you got, brother? It's also my first time. Yeah. Daisy Cutter. There you it's go. Like seen how it's canned. Never had it before. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Jude and I have had many conversations about Half Acre and how he loves his brewery too. So, and we'll talk about that later. Gee, what you got? Uh, I'm drinking the Riff Ross, the the single barrel that we did a couple of podcasts ago. Nice, tasting good. Uh, it's the best. Beautiful, Johnny. Uh, I got an old pepper distillery ten year. I made a little uh, old fashioned out of it, and on the back burner got a Coors Light, and on the further back burner I have a Stellum Rye. Triple fisting over here. We're gonna start a podcast. Let's uh, let's have a cheers. cheers. Here's a fun cheers. podcast. And cheers, uh, boys. Thanks for being cheers. here, man. The sound effects don't work well when you're clicking cans together. <laughs> no, they don't. But you know, when we drink the whiskey and the beer later, it'll definitely sound better. The, the effort's there. Yeah. I like you got a backup to the backup to the backup. Oh, got it. Got it all. <laughs> but when you're man in the ones and twos over there, you got to make sure. Well, once you sit in the seat and we start rock and rolling here, you need something to grab and drink. So yeah, you can't. You can't be not. There's no time to right. wait. There's no time to get up. No. Oh, I got big news before we get anywhere. Hang on, yeah. real quick. No, no, no. This is surprise everything. Okay. My dad listened to his first episode of, wow. of the podcast. That's fantastic. He listened to number third. Is that number like a round of applause needed yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, excellent. That's the first round of he applause. To, uh, he the here. last one we had with Jacko. Oh, perfect. I just got the text message right now. Very cool. Unbelievable. First awesome. family member Shout ever. Shout out, listened. Dad. Yeah. First time listener. First time listener. Can we get the air horn? No time caller. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Jack Waters, who was our last guest, we got to give a bad, uh, big shout out to him because honestly, I know I drank a lot on that last podcast for anybody who listened to it. Uh, and I feel Jack carried me through it because I literally just repeated everything he said for about a half an hour. So You did great. Thank you, Garrett. And thanks, Jack, for coming on. We appreciate you. We so know you're fun. listening, and uh, thanks for always supporting us and uh, coming on. You know, we kept on thinking, thanking him for, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be in the restaurant business. Yeah. We should have been thanking Nan the entire time. If it wasn't for her, she'd never have Jack, and <laughs> we would never be in. So really, big ups to Nan. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> um, Jude, uh, we're super excited to find out, uh, to hear about your journey, uh, to becoming, honestly, a brewery that makes some of the most sought-after beer in Illinois. Um, but first, we have to go through some of our restaurant news. Uh, I need some redemption on this. Three, no, two episodes ago, we were talking about some Italian food, and I just... With Hoover. With Hoover, right? And I totally just botched this. So I just want to go over this real quick, because I recently learned that I'm 1.8% <laughs> Italian, thanks to 23andMe. Didn't even know it. So, yep, perfect, perfect. Thought it was all German and Irish. Nope, there's a little sprinkle of, uh, of Italian in there. So I did some good research. So that place, Lola's, that's opened up in Wheaton, is Southern Italian. And, uh, John, you were right about the Northern Italian food, uh, embracing protein from the land, like the beef and the venison and the wild boar. 
in the southern using the seafood in their dishes. That's what you said on that podcast. I had to listen well, to that. Well, I, I had that. access to Google on my computer, so which I, it worked you know. out great, right? So, but here's another main difference: the the southern Italian cuisine is all about the pasta and the creamier sauces. Color doesn't matter, white or red. And then northern Italian cuisine incorporates other grains into their pasta, like gnocchi, risotto, and is all about the red sauce. As a southern Italian, I concur. The See? only thing I had my whole life there was you go. just spaghetti okay. and red sauce. The fact that you're not wearing like 42 size jeans is impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I played a lot of basketball during the time. <laughs> He's a fit individual. But I'm, pu- I'm pushing 40, 42 size jeans no, now, you're but not. not as a kid. As a kid, I didn't. So we got a bona fide Italian over here <laughs> confirming that, and I thank you for allowing me to have that redemption because I've been thinking about this for like a month. Because it sounded like an idiot in that moment. You know you sound a bigger idiot if you brought that Noah's info up with Jude here. And then he'd be like, actually, no, yeah, you're, you're wrong. Way wrong. I'm Italian. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. <laughs> yeah. The thing, just keep going back and forth. So it's good that it happened. It played out the way that it did, right? You know, the thing that's funny is as a, as a kid or as an adult that would like order off a menu, like you never ordered off the entrees. Like you never got the steak. You never got the chicken, mm-hmm. veal. It was always pasta first, pasta first. Only as you got older, you're like, oh, other people eat the, the they get these meals with meat and all these types of things. And that led to like the veal manicotta, like the veal salting boca or whatever it was. But all the time as a kid. Because you were like just, 10 course meals, right? And yeah. it was a pasta oh, dish. Yes. And then there's a meat dish later. Well, so I'm also German and Irish, um, and uh, but 50% Italian, yes. Oh, Give we're going to have everybody a process today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom made everything. But no, uh, yeah, the, probably lean the seafood side. Uh, but it's just funny. It was just, it was just all macaroni. Macaroni and red sauce. So I, mean, I agree with. It sounds uh, great, up, though. What's up here? Yes. Perfect. Well, that, that, is, that is very true. Still, for me, I think like every time I go to an Italian restaurant, I, I don't even wake you know work my eyes down to the bottom where the actual dinner plates are. It's just about the pasta and the uh, yeah. appetizers. Yeah, and that, the that was always right? Italian. Yeah. Hmm. Well, something to think about. Yeah. There you go. Get down. Get down past the pasta dishes into the entrees. Give some of these places uh, a chance at some of their better menu items. I guess right. That's a lesson, ones, lesson we're learning. At least expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, this is uh, for right now uh, in the city. I read an article recently about some places that were getting fined for not mandating the vaccination card to ent- for entry. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there Eve. was there was like fourteen places last week alone that got dinged, got citations. Now the thing is, though, they get a citation. It's not automatically for ten Gs. They actually have to go to a hearing and sit in front of a board, plead their case, and then the fines are anywhere from $100 to ten grand. So it's going to go case by case, and you don't even get dinged with that ten grand right away, and it didn't even sound like it affected liquor license or no, anything like that. Cash. So just straight cash. There's a speeding ticket. So it, even though that's not great for these places that aren't doing it, if you're packed and you're making money, then you paying a couple hundred dollars or even a grand or two on a citation – not a big deal of those well, people. Well, I imagine the first couple are that, and then... You get, I'm sure. You so get you get strike one, yeah. strike two, strike three. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's... It, we're what following I, it. That's the point. We're following it. Um, I, I like that it's not just a slap 10 Gs. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, not, you're not automatically getting that. There's going to be case by case, and at least, hopefully, you know, people are able to sustain what they're doing Is regardless of what Is that the same way happens. with, uh, like, getting, like, busted for selling someone underage? Like... Do yeah, get, do so you get, the, do you get that fine right away. I've never been slapped. No, you, well, yeah, I mean, you get a ticket. So it's a five hundred dollar ticket the first time for the bartender okay. and the server if the uh, server is involved, and then the restaurant owner, and then right. it goes up 
and then it goes up. But, but it's a ticket. It, it's a ticket, not like a no. go and we'll talk about it later. Nope. Nope. And then three strikes, you're out. If that's all at once, that's a lot of money, cash. Yeah. Right? For sure. To the, I mean, some of these places, to the are, most of these places yeah. are pulling 40 grand sales in a day. So I don't know. Gotcha. Like it, how, gotcha. Like it's all relative, right? It's yeah. very relative. You, you got small mom and pop places that maybe just are doing that to survive. Right. You know what I mean? And yep. then you got other places that are just taking advantage of it because they know they're, they're big and they're, they're well-known and people are going to come in there. So we'll just keep an eye out for it. And it is what it is, right? It is. Gary, what kind of whiskey did you bring for us today? It is what it shouldn't be. It is what it is. <laughs> Gary, what you got for whiskey? Um, again, I switched my pick three times this week. But you said that you I were giving yourself till 2 o'clock to make a decision. To make it, so, I, no, I reserved. I We talked earlier today, and, yeah. I, re, and I reserved till 2.30 to make my final decision. Okay. We talked about something else already. Are you going to reveal the other two picks before this one? No, because I might use them next okay. time. Okay, gotcha. Um, That's a great You question. tell me later? That's a great question. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Right, cool. yeah. Jude's got great questions. <laughs> Johnny, you're in trouble. He's question oh boy. master over here. Oh, boy. No, I'll stop. <laughs> All right. So um, the last podcast we did, we had the Stellum, Stellum Rye single barrel pick from Bourbon Valley Hospitality. Uh, today, uh, we're doing the Sazerac Rye single barrel pick uh, with hospi- Bourbon, hospi- Bourbon Belly Hospitality. It's got a Maze Mash sticker on it, um, but it's 100% Bourbon Belly. Yeah. Uh, Who picked pick. it? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. Um, I feel weird saying that, but yeah, I did. Yeah, Why? I Be did. proud of it. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I just, you picked I, it. Yeah, I People picked are it. loving it. I, I've, I have no problem telling you that I picked the Stellum one. Right. The Cesarek, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a collaborative effort of a bunch of people. No, no you, it wasn't. You picked Where are they located? Cesarek Rye is made from Buffalo Trace in Kentucky. So you went there? No, they actually sent this one up. Um, we did two picks from them this year. We were only allowed to pick one of them down at the distillery, so I chose to have this one brought up because I knew that... Um, I really just cared about one or two people's opinions on this one. And then the, we did an Eagle Rare down there, and that was like more like, I don't know, bourbon is more, I don't know, like a lot of people like that more than rye. So the, when we brought other people down with us, it was more enjoyable for them to do that. So um, I'm very excited about this pick. I can't uh, wait to drink it, dude. You gave me a sample when you picked it. Yeah, you tried it with me. I know, so I haven't drank it since then. Oh, yeah. Even though I have a bottle at home, I haven't opened it yet. So I'm excited to try it. Mm. And then for beer, now that everybody's rubbing their hands together. <laughs> Sounded good in the mic. Jude, what did you bring for us to drink of yours today? We got a couple beers coming out tomorrow. Um, one's a beer that we've released before. It's This will be the seventh time we released it, but we tweaked the recipe for the first time and maybe about two years, three years, just to inch up the dry hop a little bit. So it's pretty much the same beer, but we're trying to explore like the line of uh, the line, the threshold, I, I think of like flavor saturation, but we're like where we could still go with flavor. So that's a beer called unwind your mind. Cool. And then a brand new beer. Um, it's a triple IPA. It's a little riff on a double IPA we've done before um, called Dun Dun Dun. So we added another Dun made it a triple IPA with some hand-selected Amarillo, some Galaxy from Australia, and some Citra from the Pacific Northwest called Dun, 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 Dun. Oh, boy. In a black-on-black can. So Love it. 10.5% beer, 7.5% beer. Cool. Super happy. Can't wait, to, can't wait to drink them in a little bit. Mike and I have never liked a beer that had any Galaxy or Citra in it. That's right. Never. <laughs> two, of our, two of our three favorite hops, right? 100%. Oh, my God. That's, that's awesome. Oh, boy. <laughs> The, the theme of the podcast is clapping. <laughs> Better than penis. I feel like I started a bad trend. <laughs> no, it's a good trend. It's a positive it's trend. Yeah. It's a very positive yeah, trend. Yeah, we're hyping each other up. Good, positive energy in here. All right, the customer of the week this week, um, I had this go down a couple times in the last month. 
I got to question every ingredient in the cocktail guy. Yeah, it's called the question master. Yeah, but he, but this guy has no intention of ordering a cocktail. Oh, yeah, no, they're drinking beer or wine. It, it's yeah. Coors Light. And yeah. he's just like, well, what is it? And Oh, that looks interesting. What are you doing over there? Oh, my God. I'll right, save it. Save, save it, because I definitely want to talk about that later. I got it on that, too. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Oh, we got our yearly industry ebb and flow. Yeef. Yep. <laughs> Dry January is about to be over. Oh, it's it's over. awesome. Uh, honestly, I think that most people that I talked to about it lasted at least three weeks. I don't think I saw anybody that was legitimately talking about it. Oh, you should have come, come to Glen Ellen. Oh, they were struggling? Oh, it was the second Friday of the month. Too deep at the bar. Dude, does your job allow you to ever have a dry month? <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking water. No, <laughs> you don't get to have a dry no. month. Do you? It's all Mark. I mean, you gotta you gotta taste it to be able to talk about it. No, yeah. Fortunately, sometimes yeah. you spit it out, but no. Short well, answer is no. The podcast alone here. My this, kids don't allow dry January to exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, this month, or actually February, is gonna be super interesting. Uh, we got the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day on back to back days, and we almost had our company party on the Tuesday after Valentine's Day. So for us, we would have really been in the Eve. It's before now, right? Now it's before. They yeah. changed the date. But right now we got Super Bowl Sunday the 13th, then Valentine's Day the 14th. And that's a short month. Very short month. And then, yeah. You're lucky to get two paychecks this month. Yeah, that's that's not great. Is Sweetest Day in, in February? And <laughs> No, that's October. Not my bad. I bet, take it back. <laughs> my wife has never celebrated that day, so I have no idea when it is. <laughs> It's we, a Hallmark day. Yeah, that does that one doesn't count, that's, right? That's one of the Hallmark holidays that never took off. Yeah, you're right. For for our listeners' sake, can you just give us a little bit of background of how you are you're the the owner of Hop Butcher, where you started, and kind of where your dream to become a brewer kind of just started? And uh, just give us a little background on for that. For sure, one half of the owner of Hop Butcher, okay. me and my good friend Jeremiah Zimmer, we Perfect. started it. Um, and thanks for inviting him. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> Shout out, Jer. We'll, we'll, we'll get him on the next one. Your butt. We can maybe have him call in. Anyone could. Just kidding. Um, so we uh, we feel like uh, we formed an LLC in 2014. Sold our first beer in 2015. Um, so we go we go back. Um, we we worked with, in the Arena Football League together. Um, so that's how we met. We were selling season tickets. Uh, what group tickets? So we were for the Chicago Rush. Um, that was a cool time too. A lot of the bears used to come through, uh, you know, and I walked into a situation at the, at the rush that they already had things on lock. So like they had a packed all state arena, hmm. eight games a year. And this is when the bears are great too. So, I mean, football is always popular, here, but everyone's going nuts. So, I mean, sold out games, uh, huge fan base. It was great. And arena football was a really cool sport. It was a ton of fun. If you had I miss, to have, it. I miss it, it was a great sport Yeah, and affordable season tickets. We met each other there doing I'm the same thing. I'm ready to buy right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're the commission. <laughs> We're going to vote you commissioner. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, you know, so like uh, we went our separate ways. We came together. We were getting married at the same time. Uh, the first time we all went out, um, him and his wife, me and my wife, went to a bar called State or The State in like Lincoln Park. And we ordered a beer called Gumball Head together for the first time. And we hadn't heard of Three Floyds, and it blew our mind. We thought we were going to drink a beer that tastes like gumballs. Mm-hmm. Um, the hoppiest thing blew our mind. It set us on a course to go to Three Floyds. We eventually went to Three Floyds, went to that brew pub. That set us off on a course. And then, then we started drinking Half Acre and Lagunitas and, and all these, you know, Dark Horse and Bells. And, you know, we turned into beer geeks. And then uh, we homebrewed for like a little bit. 
And then, uh, you know, there were some breweries that were starting breweries around us at the same time. And then he brought up the idea to me one time at the Taste Chicago. He's like, hey, how about we start a brewery? And then one time we went to Haymarket and, you know, during lunch at work, we decided like, yeah, let's really do this. And, uh, you know, fast forward to like that actually becoming a reality. Um, we, you know, we had no money. We did a Kickstarter or like a GoFundMe. Um, what year is this? You kind of started two, that off? Two, this is around like 2013 or 14. Okay. So we started a GoFundMe, raised $24,000. That allowed us to buy one 15-barrel fermenter. Um, we, uh, we were, the idea was that we weren't going to drop 500 k and like sacrifice like our marriages. We didn't have kids yet, but we were about to uh, on this unproven thing. We didn't know how to sell beer, make beer, market beer, all these types of things. So we figured, you know, forget about the overhead. Um, if we're in 25,000 and the worst is that like it goes away, well, we're not, you know, we're not in it to a bank or anybody. Um, so that's it. So we'll give it a go. So we brewed out of an, an existing or an already existing brewery. And then we got to use all their equipment. And the only thing we had to do was put up the fermenter and we just made 15 barrels uh, of beer at a time and doing that. And then, you know, turning that into like a 15 and a 30 and then, uh, and then having a situation where we could move into another brewery called Miskatonic out of Darien, um, which afforded us more space. And uh, we were able to bring in some more fermenters, allowed us to make more beer and kind of get the, the word out a little bit more. What was uh, the first brewery that you were at? It was called Aquanaut. Um, they made like rad... It's a great kids show, by the way. Oh, it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. You know? Oh, I know okay. that show. Yes. Mike, you'll be there soon. All right. Thanks. No. <laughs> That is a great show. Yeah. That's an awesome show. Then once the, you you get that song in your head. Oh, it's, you'll it's never, dangerous, yeah. Uh, Almost uh, as bad as ABCs. Yes. <laughs> or Mickey Mouse. Uh, I don't want to uh, talk about it. No, no, I don't, I don't what need, is it. I don't need these songs stuck in my head Aquanauts proceed home. until the next adventure, right? Yep. Um, you know, that plan really worked out, though, because the whole time, too, is like we couldn't, you know, it's like, can you can you make, you know, Jer and I were brewing the beer, you know? We had never brewed on a commercial system. Um, so, you know, Instagram was just coming on, so, you know, taking pictures and, and getting the word out. There was a lot of breweries coming online at the time. So how do you do this kind of like in a crowded space and a lot of credit, you know, we got to give to Aquanaut, but also to Miskatonic where, you know, there was this, we, we always made hoppy beers, but to, you know, then hazy beer started becoming a thing. London three fermented beer started becoming a thing. So, you know, we found a situation in a place that afforded us the space to continue to just kind of like, uh, do what we were interested in, which is self like to make really fresh hoppy beer and self distribute it days fresh. And that kind of just rolled. And and for the most part, we were just the uh, beneficiaries of, of good luck. And I think like a lot of like earnestness. I don't know if that answers your question, but no, that's kind of like the, that's, that's perfect. One of the, the things rolling. that I'm finding about the, the beer world, uh, the more we interview people and get to know owners and brewers and stuff is that it seems like a lot of people scratch each other's backs and give each other like that's like how you almost like get into the industry it's a huge fraternity right yeah it's it, where everybody helps each other out yeah which is incredible. cool because like you're it's so competitive and you're you think that there's you're you're going against these guys but you're not really you know what i mean it's still your own product and you still your own products just speak for itself so for you guys you know getting a chance with aquanaut and then with miskatonic it's just so cool that they help you on those stepping blocks, you know. You're all after the same thing, and, and you 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 know you you go to the same place, and you can talk shop, and 
you know, the same things that, that, you know, all the highs and the lows you experience with each other and you can, you know, you're never share, you're never scared to share your experience doing this. And I'll learn from you this way and in anything that I can pass on any, any of the, the successes or the failures I've had, we can talk about, and it's all kind of this just information sharing. And I think everyone's better, you know, for it. And when it comes to ingredients and stuff like that, everyone's willing to share, but I think we're all after the same thing and we're all after the spirit, you know, there's a spirit of beer that, that ties you together without getting to, you know, kind of like existential. Um, but I think that's what makes it, that's what makes it all float. And at the end of the day, there's nothing better than having a beer with each other. There's something that about it, that, that this communal experience that brings you together and then you're making things, um, which is, which is real cool. I was just kind of curious about like, you know, you said you were home brewing for a while um, I don't know, like, was that like a couple of years, two, three years, or just kind of like a year thing? Or? It wasn't really that long. It may have been a year or two. Um, so we maybe only have a couple, yeah, a couple batches in our, under our belts. What's so up? my question there is like, you know, you're home brewing for a year, year and a half, two years. And then how did you even like get in contact with the guys from Aquanaut? And like, what's discussion there? Like, we're going to like, just pay you to like use your equipment basically. And then like, when you did your first batch, like, did you nail it out of the park or was it? kind of a, a test phase or well you know i think at the time um great, you great question yeah that's a good question uh i think it speaks to like what you guys said about um there being a community and there this is a time when just um just every every man every woman is kind of starting up their own thing so you can walk into the front door and you can introduce yourself and you can say hello you could also kind of express like what you want to do and if you've got you know, breweries that have space that aren't always using their tanks and turning them around and they could benefit by you being in the building and you brewing it to their bottom line, then it only makes sense for you to, you know, come into the building and do what you got to do. Because at the same time too, I mean, that's beer that they have to sell, but now they don't have to sell that beer because now they're getting a batch fee from you or, or rent from it's you. It's like subletting a room in your two bedroom apartment. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. So that's it. And, and like, you know, was the, was the first beer, you know, it's, it's easier to brew on a commercial system than it is home brewing. Mm. You know, there, you have so much, so many more controls, uh, on the commercial side. It can be scary, but it's, but in the end, like when you take a step back, it probably is easier than you think because you've got all, you know, everything's glycol controlled and steam powered and the valve. I mean, everything is much, much more efficient and, and professional, that it's a lot easier to do it than you think, like doing it on your stove and cooling it in a carboy in your bathtub and, you know, like you know, all these things, you know, like moving the fermenter from your front to your back because the front's 70 degrees and the back 65 degrees, like all these like silly, like silly so, things. So, so the you, beer was good from the be- the beginning. There was, Batch two or three were not good. Batch one was good. But eventually you uh, tasted it and you, you knew what you did wrong. And the scary part's got to be that you're making it a larger quantity, right? Oh, yeah. So like, you're like, well, if you screw this up, it's a lot of beer we just ruined. Yeah, because you brewed five gallons in your back, you yeah, know, no in deal, your right? bedroom, and now yeah. we got fifteen barrels. You know, yeah. times that by thirty-one gallons, and now we're going to do thirty. You know, that's a lot of beer that could go sideways. When you guys were doing the original, very small batches like that, were you guys packaging kegs and cans, or were you just strictly four packs, like in bottle shops? We we're in bottles, like um, so. We we started with the same bottle shops, but we are like in you know if you know like Maine Beer Company or or even what like Mars Brewing put yeah. put their beer in sixteen point nine ounce bottles. That's what we did. Okay, we kept, I, never, I never saw one of those. 
Yeah, for 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 us, well, you never saw from us at yeah, the time. Yeah, from you guys. Well, so you know, a part of the story is before we were called Hot Butcher, we were called South Loop Brewing. So for a while, that's you know everything that we did was either in kegs or in those bottles, but. That was only pretty much around for a year. And then mobile canning comes on where you don't have to spend $120,000 on a forehead mobile canning line. You can bring people in who will charge you based on the fill and they'll bring in their own ends and cardboard and, uh, you know, what else? Um, and you know, and then you could just kind of do whenever you package, you don't have to pay for that overhead. You just do it by the beer. Nice. So when we eventually moved into that, that helped out a lot too. And that was during kind of like the rise of, uh, you know, 16 ounce cans. Cool. I, one more follow up question to that. Sweet. Um, so you, you were talking about like scaling up from like a home brew to the actual, like full on brewery. Uh, I mean, you'd had to have like read or had some YouTube research or something before just going in there and like, I don't know how really the process goes, but like, can you really just understand it at that basic like equipment level, and then just when you get in there, just realize what's going on and, and do it? There are a lot of parallels, but you're not pulling valves, um, and you know you're not you're not running you're not using pumps really when you're home brewing. So there is a like an onboarding process. Okay. So I mean, so our first couple batches, I mean, really throughout the entire process, um, his name was Eric. Uh, and he was the owner and head brewer of Aquanaut. He showed us the system, so there is a learning of the system. Okay. But you know, you can follow, you can see where all the piping goes, and, and you can see, you know, when a valve is closed and when a valve is open, and what you need to do. And you know, w- beer or wort doesn't get from one place to the next without it going through a pump. So you 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 learn how to move liquid from one side to the other. Um, so combine that with some parallels to home brewing. To, this is a commercial system, and I need to learn how to move things from the left to the right. Mm. Um, but a lot of the other things are the same. You're still throwing in hops the same way. You're still pitching wort the same way. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to there, there's really no difference between recipe formation on the homebrewing scale or on the commercial scale. I mean, you either get it or you don't. Mm-hmm. But I think where we lacked in in, in professional brewing experience. Um, we, we read a lot and we drank a lot. So, and, and it's, you know, and it's, it's great to be able to say that too. Um, and it's like, it's not like we were pounding beers, but we are pounding beers, you know, from an, excuse me, an educational standpoint, we were reading about the things, but we were also tasting about the things that we were reading. And then when we tasted the things, we said, this is either good or bad. And we, we can know why it's good or bad, and this is what we need to do. But we wouldn't have known that without tasting it, without drinking a lot of people's... Like, you had to drink other people's good beers Mm -hmm. to know where your beer ranked and then where your beer needed to go. That's pretty interesting. That's awesome. So you went back and you said, what could it be? Is it our fermentation? Was it our hops? Was it our grain bill? Is this... Is it our malts, you know, clashing with our hops do we need to make that simpler is it simply we're we're using the wrong hops we need to increase the amount of hops you know it you can you can associate or compare like sensory things to you know what the process was and you may not get it right the first time but you adjust it on the second time and then maybe on the second time see we're close maybe by that third time then you nail it. Boom, there's the final yeah, product yeah. you're looking for, yeah. right? And then, then the first time you brew that fourth batch, which is going to be completely new, you're better off for the first three batches. And then... That's so cool. Multiply that by a couple of years, and you're, you know, you're wiser for that. There you go. Um, now that we got a little bit of a background uh, about where you came from, um, which is cool, because this is all new to me, and 
super interesting. Um, you guys are about to, or you just took over Half Acres' original spot on Lincoln yep. in Chicago? We did, correct. So obviously, congratulations. That's very cool. Do you guys have a date where you're aiming for, or is that kind of just out? Always says tend to give a date. Yeah. Because I think, Everybody like, how, about a, yeah, anybody, how about a month? Yeah. Any t- well, I mean, it would be, I would say, well, first off, we've, I think in the last five years, you all probably too have read enough newspaper articles or whatever of anything that said they it's were going to open up. Though. Yeah. And it yeah. always gets pushed back. And a yeah. lot of it's outside of what you want to do. So, I mean, at this point, uh, we got the keys in, uh, in, in December of 2021. And then after that, you have to go through all the lights. You just don't get to go in, turn on the lights, right. and do your and thing. And start doing your stuff, yes. right? No. You have to go through all the, the all the regulators, the federal government, state government, city government, all the type of licenses. They need to take a look at things. You need to make sure the addresses are correct. You know, the spaces are correct. Right. Everything you want to do is what Background you want to do. checks for all the owners. All, all, everything, yeah. yes. So, yeah. I mean, that takes time. And, you know, you did can't... You, did you show them any of your demos? Oh, you're already going there. <laughs> we, we thought we could just play that music and it would, it would put us on the fast track. No we're going to skirt that as much. We're going uh, we're going to pretend. <laughs> so, sometime in 2022, you guys will be opening up a, your first brick and mortar correct brewery yes. in in Chicago. 2022. Yeah. Knock on wood, but I think that I, I think, think that's fair to say. Yes, yeah. I would I, hope I would hope so that by spring yeah. that that it cool. could it could take place. You came that's into, awesome, man. So Jude uh, heard some of our podcasts before and I said, come in and amazing mash and drop off some beers. And he did. And, uh, the, the day that you, you came in for food, you said that, you, that was a day that you got the keys and were able to go in the building for the first time. So cool. How awesome is that? It was so awesome. You drank this beer. <laughs> yeah. Do you drink a, ha- a daisy cutter? Yeah, there? for sure. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Did, did they leave anything for you? Like a little gift? Um, or like I think throughout through I mean I mean gifts I mean good gifts like nothing's like I can't believe they left this here get this garbage out of here throughout the, the throughout the entire process uh, I think you know the, you know whether it was with their time or whether it was with their stories um, uh, you know we've always exchanged beers back and forth so that took place throughout the entire time nice um, but um, and and there's still more a lot to come um, but I think what you know what's been cool is having access to that place and being able to go in there. Whenever you want at this point, and I, we preface it by saying like they mean a ton to us from a historical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, a personal standpoint. So for us to now that, you know, that that is our home and that we can go in there whenever we want and it's completely empty and we can go and we can have daisy cutters and kind of relive all of our personally, all of our, you know, our half acre moments that that led us, you know, inspired us to start our brewery uh has been uh super meaningful and so much of like a muse when you're always looking for inspiration um we make a lot of beer and you're looking for all the type of angles and you're looking for all the stories and you're looking for something that always like guides you um there's no shortage of of uh of inspiration or you know i thought you were gonna start crying there but i just realized it's just a normal like throat clear well what is (laughs) There's been a couple of those too that I have to catch it. Well, but the cool thing too about, you know, so so uh, my wife and I, we lived in that neighborhood for seven years and Half Acre was our favorite brewery. I worked for the Chicago Fire, you know, for five years during the time that, that we were getting the brewery off the ground. And, um, you know, every Friday was you'd stop home and you'd stop in the store and you'd say hello to everybody. And, you'd, and at one point it was like, we're going to start this brewery 
you know, and then eventually we started releasing beer. So the dynamic kind of switched uh, a little bit because we were then kind of more in the industry and we, we were selling beer. But you'd go in and you'd grab a pizza down the block from Montrose, uh, from Chicago Pizza, and you'd get a growler of whatever and a four pack and you'd bring it home and you'd drop off your beer and that was it. And and so much of what you learned about beer was that brewery and you'd take your kids and you'd sit with your wife and in any you know, in any time you had time to do anything, it would be at that brewery off of Lincoln and you'd sit there and you'd look around and you're this brewery that has no brewery and you'd say, what's the best spot to have a brewery? And you're like, it would be here. And as people that lived there and sent their kids to school in the area and walked their kids and picked up beer down bottles and cans and pushed their kids in strollers and drank those beers on the sidewalk, sneaking them in, you know, in, you know, as they're pushing their kids or, you know, whatever. I'm guilty uh, of that for yeah. sure. Uh, that was the spot. So to have an opportunity that like you could make beer in this magical place and, and now you're on the other side of it is, is still the most mind blowing thing that you can think of. And not only do we have an opportunity to make beer with them, but then all the people they ever, like anybody that loves half acre holds that as a spot. We can now, you know, share that or they could share that with us. It's, it's completely my, it is completely mind blowing. That's so cool. I didn't realize, I mean, you and I have talked a couple times at social about how much I love Daisy cutter and you love half acre and, and social and how much we sell there. Um, but I didn't realize how special it was to you for like your influence and you living in the neighborhood and it's drinking like their beer. It's like your home bar. That's awesome. It is the spot. And now you get yeah. to take yeah. it over. Yes. It's nuts. That's it's so as cool. if like the people, yeah, it's, it's like if your favorite band or whomever, you know, like showed you the, you know, the peek behind the curtain and said all the place that we made music. Now you could go make music and all the stories you ever read about how we made music. You can make music, you know, in the same place is, uh, is nuts. They make the best hobby beer in the country. That's so you know? cool. Second top. Garrett, second let's, let's get the into some best. geeky stuff no. real quick. Wait, wait, wait. Let's just clarify the air here a second here. Garrett, you're not drinking beers behind the stroller. You're drinking 130 proof, two ounce pours behind that stroller. <laughs> No, no. If we're gonna be completely honest here, it's a it's a it's a hoppy beer, a sixteen ounce can with a flask. Let's get into some geeky beer stuff. All right. um, tell us about some of the the brewing techniques that you guys use to stay ahead of the competition or to stay fresh, if you will. Um, I think that uh, when you when we started out, a lot of you know you start you contract out hops, which basically means that like you tell your hop supplier how many hops you're going to buy in the next coming year. And they, they can kind of inform the farmer, um, uh, how many, how much of like their acreage of a certain hop they, they should plan for or dedicate to breweries and that helps them plan for future years. Um, so you, so we started out like that. And then if there's any other hops that you can't get the hard, to, the, the hard to get hops, it's called spot hops, or you just buy that on the spot. They jack up the price a little bit. Um, uh, and then you just kind of bring it in. But then as like things start to settle off and you know how much beer you're going to brew, um, you can increase the contract of those hops. And then once you reach a certain threshold in pounds, um, the supplier of those hops will allow you to they'll, they'll allow you to be more selective with those hops. So let's say the best hop out there is Citra. Um, instead of them sending you whatever they have, they'll uh, on spot or in your contract where it can come from anywhere, um, once you get over a certain poundage, they may send you four lots of Citra and say, you, let's pick a number. Let's just pick 2000. Let's say you're going to brew with 2000 pounds of Citra next year. Well, they'll send you four lots of Citra and it could come from Idaho, Washington state, Oregon, and you'll rub 
those lots. Yeah. You'll rub those lots and you'll say, that's the one I want to brew with. So all 2,000 that I'm going to use from you, that's what I want to brew with. And, and you, you know, you smell them for, you know, you're either going for citrus or tropical or dank or caddy or whatever it is across all the hops. So to answer your question, as we've gotten to be more selective with the hops that we use and have more access to quality hops and pick that to a profile, I think we've been able to uh, define what a hop butcher profile is. Cool. And say, when it comes to citra, this is... This is, this is what we think of citra. Or this is what, this is what we we want to express with citra. When it comes to mosaic, this is our idea of what mosaic is. When it's Simcoe, this is what we want from our Simcoe. Mm. And then you start to develop maybe like a house flavor or a house profile and a perspective. So I think more so it's like being able to access ingredients that can can speak to what you want to say with your ingredients in your beers, and then having those one-on-one relationships we just released a beer that had three different types of new zealand uh, of, of a specific, uh, specific excuse me uh varietal called motueka where we were in touch with a very specific farm in new zealand who was able to work it out where we got that version of motueka mm. from his farm and he would show us like how it grows and you know what his experience is and how far his family goes back and their five generations and how you know all these types of things and all the trials and tribulations and then combine it with two other suppliers and be able to brew a beer like that so like these conversations that go back and forth it geeks us out and it also gives us access to quality so i think as more of that happens that's that's how I think we'd like to position our brewery. Is that when you drink our beers, it's 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 a sum of of all of you know. We can tell the story of what goes into what you are drinking. That's awesome. Um, looking at your guys's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Gareth, that's, that's, so, that's so cool. That's so incredible. I mean, like I the, the, you you hear about like um, like chefs at restaurants who say like I only buy ingredients from the farms and. Like local farms, and I have to go to the farm. I gotta rub the soil, and I gotta. I want to be a part of that. That I want to see what the grain is like before yep. I even bring it in. I mean, you're doing the exact same thing. That's it. Yeah. So I think that I think that's a testament to the quality of it, right? To your, to, it, to your personal self, though, like, it blows right? like, your mind. Because well, that and like, not only can we tell like you're like super interested in this um, and you're passionate about it, but like you like you really really care about the ingredients that go into the beer. Well, it's crazy that like as like for for someone who's as enthusiastic as as you can be about something that like you now have access to these things. Like you only read about these things. You read about these in books as you were like coming up, you read the names, you saw the farms, you know, and it, you know, what is seven years of reading and now you're like speaking with these people and they're working with them and working with them. Yeah. Not just like shaking hands. You're making deals. And you can say, you can let them know what inspires you. And they're like, Oh, well, let me see what I have. We've got this for you. And you're, and now there's a loop. Yeah. Going back and forth, it's That's cool. it's nuts. So We've how been, much longer till you own your own hop farm? Oh no, no I don't. I can. We cannot do what they do. What they do is, it is nutty. A, it is. It, all the credit goes to what the farmers do. I mean, harvest seems like. Uh, all right. So the you're most getting all you're getting all geeked out on these on the hops, and I'm assuming you do this similar with the yeast and and other and other grains. Uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite beer to make? Like, obviously hazies are. You guys are really good on that, and it's selling like hotcakes now but like what do you get jacked up to make that exact beer yeah. whether it's um 
I mean, it could always be split between like a West Coast version of that. So like an American or an English yeast fermented, but that flocks out and, you know, would leave the beer relatively clear with some either old school or new school hops um, or a London 3 totally hazed out juice bomb with big hops that elevate soft body, whatever it is, it's always hops. That's crazy because so, we talk to a lot of people in breweries, like not to like flex on you, but like the it happens a lot and, and they're not into like the... Super hazy stuff. Yeah, it's usually they're, like the the lagers. They're, 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 they're they want they want to make crisp. a super crisp lager, or they want yeah. like a, a traditional West Coast IPA, and or and all those beers are great. Yeah. Uh, it's not to say. I mean, those are some of my favorite beers too. Yeah. It just happens like we were fortunate enough to make the. We were fortunate. IPA is the best seller, and we were just fortunate enough to be that for 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 that style of beer to the be the beer that we are most passionate about. But lagers, hell yeah, yeah, lagers are my one of my like. You, I, I, I will, huh? Shout out to Goldfinger. Shout out to Dovetail. Shout out to Art History. And, yeah, Dovetail Hellas Lager yeah. is one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a nice Art History like, one too. Those guys do a good job. Yeah, they do. Um, so does a uh, Roaring Table. Shout out to everybody making lager. Lager beers are rad. Saison Saisons are rad. Whether it's Blagy and you know Belgian, but like is was who brews out of Beguile. Awesome Saisons. Um, I mean, all t- all we're just fans of beer. So I'm going to open up this delicious, delicious beer called Unwind Your Mind. Unwind Your Mind. And uh, Gary, you want to get some sound effects over here while yeah, I pour I this? Do. And uh, Gary, or uh, Jude, while we're pouring this beer, um, I got a, a, a fun question I thought uh, of, of asking you. Since you guys brew a bunch of different types of beers, mm-hmm. and it's all like small batch right now, uh, do you literally just open up the recipe book and like throw a dart to see what you're brewing next, or is it based on the season and availability of hops, or is there a good rhyme and reason as to why really you pick get, the beers? Really get it in there, Garrett. Get that pour. That one's good. <laughs> Gotta give it an aggressive pour. Those are really good sound effects. I didn't want to dump the mic like we did in the Pappy. With the Pappy 15, we dumped a, a mic boom into the pappy 15 there was a good example one time recently though i feel like you guys got well i don't know it was like a can getting cracked or maybe it was a it was the burt it was the 107 getting poured yeah there's a bloop, 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 bloop. yep <laughs> we rented a special <laughs> microphone for that <laughs> well i'm happy to have experienced that in person um you know at this point um we've been fortunate enough that the like the hops that we have are the hops that we have and we can pretty much guarantee that we've got access to them um so those are mainstays or those are pretty steady um you do like to brew to the seasons if you can um it's even cool if you can brew to kind of like certain happenings um you know like you, you i think you drink with your eyes um and whether that's on a beer label or whether that's the beer itself um be it, but for example like a Right about now, when it's snowing and it's January and it's February and it's March, first off, I feel like a beer like Bell's Hop Slam is always kind of firmly ingrained that you drink hoppy beer when it's super cold, like it is now and below freezing. Um, but you know, within the last couple of years, like we've been very fortunate and like I don't know if it's like fortuitous. I don't even know if I'm using that word correctly. But like we've released beers that have like referenced blizzards or snow or lots of snow or shoveling within the last two years. And when those beers come out, it's, 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 it's snowed, it's blizzard, it's cool. packed everybody in. And then that, you know, and it just all t- 
ties in and, and people take pictures of it. And I feel that adds to the experience and it forces you back in your house and you're drinking this like really like electric yellow, super hoppy kind of piney and orange peely, which reminds you of the holidays and the seasons type of a brew. Um, so, you know, uh, some of it's in, in what's cool is like as a small brewery, you're allowed to be spontaneous and brew, you know, on the, uh, drop of a dime sometimes. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, I think the answer is yes and no. When, okay. when a new hop hits, yeah. we have the ability to seek that hop out, hopefully sure. get it in house. And by the time that like we hear about it, we can get it in and brew with it. We heard a, like last fall, we heard a podcast, um, about the new, like these two new hops that are coming out. And one of them was this hop called Nectron out of New Zealand. And, uh, and after that podcast, we got a hold of our hop suppliers, and then within two weeks, it was in the brewery, and then Very within the cool. month, the, the beer was brewed. And like that wouldn't have been done without hearing that, hmm. and then having those relationships, and then being like, yes, we've got it. You know, all that kind of like worked out. So um, so it's like, it's yes, and it's no. Like, you want to drink heartier brews when it's colder, you want to drink zippier, lighter brews when it's warmer. Um, but when the new, when that, when the hot thing comes out, if you can hop on that and put it in the beer, that's great. Um, but, uh, but you know, for the most part, it's always just kind of like, we're just kind of, you know, shooting from the seat of our pants in a, doing it up. Yeah. That's cool. In in a, in a good way. You know, we we're small enough that we can always be flexible Yeah, and always like if, if, as soon as inspiration hits, we can run with that. Well, John just drank his uh, sample of unwired. Tired. He's oh, right tired. Now. He's thirsty. Let's have a little cheers. Let's let's try. Let's try. I feel that's what I'm the... saying, Garrett. I feel like Garrett's getting <laughs> bored. There's nothing he's to do with saying. I promise more. No, I didn't drink. It. I didn't drink it because I was you know not interested in the conversation. I drank it because it was fucking good. Thank oh. you. It was really good. I think like this to me is borderline so like oh my gosh breakfast beer. Like I could eat this with like pancakes and sausage. And, it's and, like Omimosa. Yeah, and follow mm. it up like that. So this is the first time I'm drinking out of the can. I only drank it, Garrett, we were talking. I only drank it this, this out of the tank. Sick when it's still dry. <laughs> Bright tank um, only. And this is red. This is it's really good. It's red. You know, like it. Also, it, if there's anyone who could only be drinking this out of the bright tank, it better be you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. dude, it's got a. Cri- it's it's so crisp, and obviously this is a really fresh beer. When did you guys can this? We canned this. The day before yesterday. Okay. So we're <laughs> drinking like the freshest <laughs> beer, but it's so crisp and so flavorful. Oh my God. It's so good, dude. Well, there's oats, there's, there's malted oats, there's flaked oats, and there's white wheat um, that are providing a lot of, a lot of protein, but also a lot of flavor over uh, uh, the, the main base of, of churro malt, which is like the, um, like the, the most common ubiquitous uh, uh, brewer's malt, which provides like a sweet cereal. So on top of that, you got some oat flavors. I mean, there is legit oatmeal in here. You know, it's flaked oats. You There's put it with breakfast. hot water. There's your breakfast. Um, and then on top of that too, I think like a lot, a lot of what you're saying is um, a lot of those citrus flavors that you probably associate with orange juice come from these hops, which on, on this, like the, the yeast that, that's used to ferment this um, leaves a lot of um, so yeast eats sugar, right, and, and makes alcohol and carbon dioxide. But some yeast can go lower and eat up more sugar than other yeast. This yeast, which is called London Three, um, leaves a little bit more sugar um, in suspension. Um, so you you feel that both in in body uh, and in sweetness. Nice. Um, 
So you combine that then with super citrusy and tropical hops, and that lends to an overall experience. You've got less bitterness than West Coast IPAs. That lends to this juicy experience. We got hand-selected mosaic in this, which is super gnarly. It's the first of what we use, so it's all like real tropical-like kind of um, like like these kind of like tangerine, navel orange, um, kind of like blueberry, uh, bl- like blueberry dank kind of flavors. Then you've got Motueka, which is lemon and lime out of New Zealand. And then you've got Eldorado, which kind of produces these kind of like stinky, overripe, citrusy stone fruit flavors, uh, which, you know, equates into like total juice. Mm. All right, I got a question. So I spent two weeks traveling the South the South Island of New Zealand, I didn't see one hop farm. Really? Um, did, I, did I? Was I completely oblivious? It's the. It's the. I believe it's the northern end of the southern island. Okay, so okay, so we didn't spend much time up there. Okay, it's a, it's it's a very concentrated into one region, and if you and if you pull up the map um, on that region, which you could like on an iPhone, you'll see all I the hops. <laughs> I did this today for the first time to look up the difference between Slovenia. We are, there's a brewery that we're... I thought uh, you were looking up what the difference between the pastas and <laughs> yes. northern and southern Italy. All right, so we'll go back to that. Um, <laughs> if you look back, you'll see that all of the hops, all the New Zealand hops that that are that you see uh, that, that beer uses, yeah. um, they're all just areas of, of New Zealand, like Nelson, Rowaka, Motueka. Um, what else? Um, I mean, that's a lot of information that people aren't... Yeah, you know, it's good. But all these hops that are used, uh, they're just uh, places. They're just regions or farms or hills or mountains um, <clears throat> of, uh, you know, the... I think I think the northern end of the southern island of uh, New Zealand. Cool. Awesome. That's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, though. I mean, we, good question, I mean, I traveled, and I, I literally, question, Literally, all I saw was grass, sheep, rain, and more sheep. <laughs> it's, and, a lot it, of sheep. But it was beautiful. Right? I mean, the whole, the whole thing was beautiful. What were you there for? Vacation. That's cool. You decided to vacation in New Zealand? Well, it's a long story, but uh, we were spending an entire summer in Sydney, and we took two weeks in New Zealand. That This story gets better. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I've well, never been to either. We talked a little bit about the Australian trip in a previous uh, episode where I got um, uh, kicked by a kangaroo, Ooh, Matrix style. That doesn't sound good. Um, I wish there was a video of that. That would be amazing. That I would, would like. I would. I would have a little bit of PTSD watching it again, but this, <laughs> yeah, kick not box, huh? No, this 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 king. I got a little little too close to the jelly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it reared back on <laughs> its on its on its tail and can't gave me the old it. the old back leg right to the chest, and I like full matrix like, like straight back. <laughs> I think I've seen that on a shirt. Don't get too close to the Joey. Yeah, I love the artwork on your cans. Yeah, who does that? There, it's always amazing. His name is Dan Jetsa. But I think my favorite part Big about the can Dan. is yep. that you guys put t- tasting notes like on the can of what you should be looking for. And I think right for the average beer drinker, Nobody I think does that. that's huge. And, and actually, not the average, any beer drinker. Just to like have an idea of what you guys are going for. Uh, just kind of, it's cool to see it on there and then be like, and even though I've never, we've never heard of lychee before this podcast, thanks to you. Lychee or leche? Leche? No, and leche is milk. Leche, yeah. right? Yeah, it's lychee. What's the difference? Um, one is leche and milk, right. and one is lychee, which is a fruit. <laughs> yeah, is it a? Is it, an Asian, is it an Asian Asian fruit? Um, I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, I, I you know, Mike Shalal from Iswas uh, would know. So would Dylan, whose grandma from Iswas grew this stuff. That was like uh, the only reason I knew of 
I would say I was saying it lychee, but yeah. you're right. It is lychee. Yeah. That's like one of the descriptors. If you go to like the cut sheet on the Citra Hop, excuse me, that was a burp. You're good, dude. Um, they said lychee or lychee, and what's so funny is that like no one like I don't want to say no Americans ever had that, but like everybody describes Citra like oh yeah that's lychee or lychee, and it's like oh. no one's ever had it. It's and like everybody's acting like yeah. they know what it is. Like, like oh yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. or like gooseberry. Like oh yeah, oh, this sure. Nelson tastes like gooseberry. It's like you've never had a gooseberry in your life. I've never had one, but oh, yeah. I'm guilty of it as well. At Grandpa's farm right. in Indiana. Oh yeah, you've got that. <laughs> That's where that's where MPG. So you're going and you're drinking some juice at MPG and then drinking goo, eating a biting into a gooseberry. A little gooseberry. Yeah, yeah a little they, I think they call that something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did we get started on this? Well, how did we get started talking the about point this? Is, the point is not oh. how, but why. Yeah. Oh. Um, from the beginning, uh, you know, we we were so earnest and like uh, you know like green and wide eyed that like we were so hungry for information. We'd go to a, a brew pub and we'd ask. Like, you know, we'd be like, what is this? What is this? What is an IBU? And, you know, like we, and, uh, you know, for better or for worse, sometimes like, you know, sometimes we'd be talking down to, and sometimes this information would be shared with us. And our whole thing, like from the beginning was like, you know, we'll, we're always down to like share info from nice. like, uh, from like an educational standpoint, like we'll always, we'll always try to like, like level, like we'll always try to just level out, you know, and, and, and talk about things as we're learning things. So I think that was always an extension to be like, let's make things as, as approachable as we can. Uh, that's my favorite word in beer, approachable. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to the can, like it, it, it definitely does have a really cool, cool look to it. Um, and it kind of does play into my brunch beer theory where it's like this dark blue can and it says unwind your mind and it has all these stringy black lines kind of running all through it. So like it's almost like you're in your dream state at night, and all these dreams are coming in out of your brain, and you wake up, and then you pound one of these. And you, and you, unwind. And you unwind your mind. Unwind your mind. I think it's even like a fishing <laughs> rod that's kind of unspooling your cerebellum as you drift off into dreamland. Ooh, well, nice. There you go, there you go. Solid. So let's cheers your second beer you brought us, the Dun cool. Dun Dun. Dun 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 Dun. Done. Johnny's done. Johnny already drank his twice. All right, so this is a ten and a half percent triple IPA. Jeez. It does not taste like ten and a half percent. It does not. It you know so I feel like all the descriptors you know I don't know um, how we do this. Oh, it's so good. Um, I don't think anybody does. I feel it's like alchemy of a sense of it's bitter, but it's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's. You know, sweet and soft, yet it's dry. So it's seven and a half percent, and it doesn't finish too hearty. So it's still got drinkability. Yeah. Um. You know, like it's got just enough booze, but it doesn't. Um. And that you know, like it's it's got you know, it's a hoppy brew, but you still have a lot of like malt character that comes through. You have some sweet cereal, you have some oats, and then all of the hops do their thing. Galaxy's been tough to like come by good Galaxy, and then you can still you can see galaxy peeking through you can see the 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 citra in here lays the foundation of like yellow and orange tasting notes like a fruit um the amarillo kind of provides this kind of like is kind of like the mortar in the joint of the brick kind of like filling in all the spaces you know uh and then the galaxy provides this kind of like southern hemisphere kind of like dankness it leans into some fruit of australia that australia is lacking recently but all in all, it's like it's seven and a half percent. And credit to everybody that's had a hand on this from the packaging team. They 
they had a, a week this week which saw like an all-time like low dissolved oxygen level, which is not just well, well, total oxygen pickup, which is not just oxygen out of the tank, but once it runs through the lines and all the seams and all the seals and all that, after you shake up the can and you see what's really in there, it, it was something like 14, which is like in like insane levels, which means this beer can just keep rocking and rocking and Dude. rocking and rocking in the cans. All in a triple IPA, you know, it's which so is cool. Good. So credit to I, all I the brewers it, and the packaging team. I think like comparing these two because I haven't had, I don't know these these beers are both so tasty, and it I'd be hard pressed if I was trying them blind to probably try to figure out which one was more boozy, which is a testament to your brewing techniques. Um, uh, I just I think the unwind your mind I, I I like a little bit better because of the the fruit forwardness of it where yeah. this has got a little bit of that dank resin like background yep. which is good. Uh, but man, dude, they're both fantastic, dude. Thanks for bringing these on. You're welcome. Unwind is like uh, is is got the drinkability factor, and so does the triple. But done, 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 done. This one will put you on your ass. Like this is like this is the after dinner drink. This is this the feels end, this like the, it's the the end of the night. Yeah. The, the night when did this one get canned? This one got canned yesterday. Mm, and when does it come out? Tomorrow. Oh, man. Do, do we ever get to have beers that are coming out tomorrow on this podcast? Eef. Johnny, have you ever? Have we ever had beers on here on the? No. Podcasts that are coming no. out tomorrow. Mike's buying beers. Re- and then five yet. days later, we talk about it. The beer is delicious, but I'm ready, I'm ready for some of that delicious whiskey. Yeah, me okay. too. All right, All right so what are we doing here? G? We got a Sazerac Rye single barrel pick that I did with uh, for Ribbon Bell Hospitality. Um, it's been, this is fantastic because this is one of my favorite ryes all time. I think I'm really Mike, excited about Mike this. Mike is one of yours too. Um, yes. And it literally took two years for the, to get this, this bottle in our hands. Um, what I want to do is I have a, a regular bottle of Sazerac Rye that I think anyone should be able to find. If you try for 30 days, you're going to find four bottles. Um, so I want to do, I got each of us like maybe a quarter to a half ounce of that. I just want you to try that first. I'm going to try it with you. Cheers. 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 All right. So in general, I think Sazerac Rye is a soft rye. It is, um, it is only 51% rye, and um, which I think anyone says that they don't like rye, that means they haven't had tried the right rye yet. So a lot of, like, MGP standard rye is 95% rye, 5% malted barley. This is 51% rye, so it's completely different in flavor profile in, in grain mash bill. Um, so I think that was relatively soft, kind of sweet, very a little, smooth. A little bit of rye spice in the back. Very smooth. Smooth, but a little bit of on the back end. Yeah, like you could just do shots of that, right? My favorite part about doing single barrel picks is that I'm picking something that I know I already like and doing an offshoot of something that is interesting compared to the standard bottle. So here, I'm going to pour out the, our single barrel pick. This is aged somewhere between four and six years. And my guess is this is around five and a half. This this one's for Jude. Thank you. This is legit. Look, look, look. Ooh, that was good. Ooh, that's could be a night ender. Enjoy those enjoy those nine ounces. Thank you. The the wine producers call that glug glug glau glau. We got th- thank you three or four samples of this 
and uh, initially when we tried them, I wasn't totally sure one of them was going to be the answer, but after trying it three times over five days, this was definitely the answer. Cheers. Well, cheers. 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 Hey, thank you. The actual clinkies. Perfect. I'm excited to try this. It's been a while. I can't believe you haven't tried it. You had it in your store you and your room, home. Mic'd up. I moved in my chair and I heard the le- I heard the you leather tooted, of all right? my You tooted. Chair. Don't. <laughs> tooted. That's a dad thing. Well, that's right the there. sweetest sounding. Sorry. That's a bourbon me. toot yeah. if I ever heard one. Man, that smells really good. So I do think that you get like some of the same sweet notes up front, but I think you get a little more like. It's, it's different. Anise, mint. It's definitely different. The, I don't think the baking spices come through as much as on the agreed the original. Uh, it's, it's sweeter. And Johnny, just there's less burn too for, for some your reason. yeah for some reason it's because I brought you a ninety proof instead of a hundred and twenty five proof. Yeah. Oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> the way I could best describe it is I feel like there is an elegance to this poor compared to the last one um you know i wanted any tasting note i've ever heard it 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 is so it is so clean and classy yeah um i feel like i wanted to i would say like the last pour um which was really tasty had like an aroma of like maybe like a maraschino cherry and this was like dialed a lot back and but the 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 flavor was the flavor and the and like the mouthfeel and the sip was like intense where it was very loud um and very spicy, where everything about the aroma and the flavor here was just clean. It felt like royalty. Mm. The royal bottle, Garrett. The royal barrel selector. Ooh, I like that. This this is so smooth and mellow. Mm-hmm. Don't even look at me it's in the eyes. It's so mm-hmm. smooth mm-hmm. and mellow. It's incredible. There, there's zero bite on the back end. Yes. Mellow yellow is the way to describe there it. You it go. is so. It's money, dude. In the mouthfeel. Is it's complex, but it's like juicy, but kind of like tingly. Johnny, what do you think? Simple. I think it's delicious, and uh, I'm not looking forward to your review because you can't because you picked it. <laughs> so, um, what are you gonna give it, Johnny? So this, dude, we, we uh, at some point, oh yeah, we we generally say like what we think of yeah. the beer, or the whiskey is out of a ten. I'm uh, saying ten. Then, I'm saying ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. And I'm giving this to people when. When when I want to say like, have you had like? Let me give you like, we're searching for a classy experience. Uh, I'm gonna give you the cleanest, classy like like. I'm gonna reserve this for like. Ooh, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words right here. Like you, um, you and the wife on Christmas night when the snow is falling and the kids are to bed. This is like not only the special moments, but when you when you feel like you need one. Um, this this is just the uh, you deserve it. There you go. This is like the you deserve it experience. It is so smooth. It is so classy. It is so refined. It is. Hey babe, let me is, give you a yeah. bedside Sazerac <laughs> rye before we go to bed. I, I think it's the old. What he's saying is it's the old pat on the back. Like you deserve a good cocktail. You yeah. deserve a good whiskey. That's that's kind of what I'm getting out of it, dude. It is phenomenal. Uh, I, I, you know, it's a, I, it's the ice and the cake. It is the cigar after the championship. That's what it is. I don't think I'm going to give a, a rating per se. Like, I mean, I think like it's an excellent, it's an excellent pick, and that's what I want to make a point of is that there are definitely differences between these two bottles, and huge, someone huge. like Garrett can can identify that mm-hmm. and pick it out and make a selection and actually, you know, s- you know, sell something like this throughout the restaurant group that 
that's benefiting everybody because this is a great pick. Well, well how about this? Do you ever do you ever like look for like do you ever have like anything um, like when you're when you have something in mind that you want to serve or something in mind that you want to drink um, that you know what it is and sometimes there, I mean there's a lot of things out there that don't kind of like that you can't define they don't kind of like meet that criteria but there's some things like when you have an idea of it that you're like yep i know exactly what you want or i know exactly what i'm going to do and those moments are few and far between um and when you find those moments where you you where it fits exactly what you're thinking or what you're looking to deliver on um when, when you find those moments, you have to hold on to them and then you have to buy that bottle again. You have to buy that bottle again. This fulfills that. Like this, this is an experience in a, in a very unique or specific experience that when you're looking to speak to that one, you, you can't speak to that uh, uh, outside of this or w- with any other thing outside of this. This, like, this uh, drives down a lane. This, 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 this fills a gap. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking like it was just finding like a hard pack of fruit strike gum as opposed to a nice soft pack of fruit strike gum. That's delicious. <laughs> simple. It's like the one that's been simple. sitting in the book. Bo- yeah. When you bought baseball cards when you were a kid and you always knew how fresh the gum in was the flare, in there, you're like, this the gum is was gonna, fresh. Yeah. They're like, both the same thing, but up. one's just better because it's just better. It's totally, that's, a, that's totally like that. Yeah. It's totally the like that. Those two descriptions were identical. I will say this. I Great drink, job. I drink a t- Bang up job over here, boys. Good job. Good job. job everybody, everybody. So I, I, I drink a ton of Sazerac rye. You usually, and I both. Usually in an old-fashioned. Yeah. Right? This is like zen. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's perfect. Um, the the single barrel pick does not need to be mixed with anything. Doesn't. It's almost like an old-fashioned in I itself. I won't put it in old-fashioned. That's why I, it's got all the, the smoothness that you want in old-fashioned, the sweetness you have that you want in old-fashioned, even... A little bit of fruit forwardness that the other one just does not have, and I'm freaking loving it, man. Uh, so I'm not gonna do what Johnny did Ooh. and surpass the rating. I'm just gonna give it the best rye rating I've ever given, 9.5. Freaking loving it. Um, anybody who wants to try this, come by the Burger Social or Maze and Mash or the other restaurants in the group. Uh, Thirteen dollars for one and a half ounce pour, probably your best bang for your buck in that thirteen to fifteen dollar price range. Um, Come on by, drink it up. It's it's tasty. Grab a, grab a I'm stopping by and buying a bottle. You better expect to see me. I'm buying a bottle. He's got this you. I'll be there. He'll take care of you. He's got you. I hid one for you just in case. Thank you. <laughs> this is like um, the coconut or the vanilla of Imperial Stout. When it's right and it's right, mm-hmm. uh, this is it. Dude, it's so good. Garrett, can I get a little a uh, little bit more when I hear about the uh, customer of the week coming up? Ooh, yes. Are we ready for the customer of the week? I, yeah. I, first of all, John, we had some great producing going some on too. Well. What's it? We got some great producing going on right here. Oh, absolutely. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. We're pushing two hours, and the content's been really good. So we gotta. We gotta drink more. We gotta just drink. Oh, more wrap and it continue up. Continue talking. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So our customer of the week is the hey, what's in that drink guy? That has, happens to be sitting right in front of the drink station. That's the that's the like the the, the hard part. Like if it's the guy that's at the end of the bar. That is just wants to know about one drink as you pass them, like, oh, hey, what's in that? That's different. But the guy that's sitting right in front of the cocktail station, Dude, that, that it, has it, to know every ingredient that's going bellying, in Bellying up. Yeah. And honestly, generally, this dude is drinking a Coors Light with no intention of ordering a cocktail. Now, if you, after the second or third cocktail that I've told you about, are in on getting a cocktail, then that absolves you from any of the previous statements I just said. But if you're the guy that's just asking a question to impress some chick or be loud in the bar or you're like, 
hey, what was that spice you just put in there? What did you just put in there just so other people like acknowledge you? Knock it off. Or like they're like the guy who like um, he he wants to engage with you, but you know he knows that you're busy, right? So he can't he doesn't want to say like, hey Mike, what'd you do this this weekend? How is your how's how's the family? Is this somebody I know or is no, this no, just, no, a just ran, like, the random? Just like, in, instead of that conversation, he's you. having he wants to engage with somebody. So he's like, oh, and what are you what are you spraying in there? Oh, what did you just dump in there? That's cool. What else is in that in, in that drink? Call those guys the question master. And, question and, master. And why is it always a guy? Oh no, it's a lot of times it's a woman too. But Mike, Mike, yeah. Mike just had an experience with the guy. Just okay. recently, it was oh, the okay. guy I think yeah. that was trying to impress the girl that he was <laughs> I just, communicating. I just like your line item. The guy that wants to know what's in every cocktail I'm making, but is drinking a Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, in, inevitably those people aren't but actually ordering the cocktail. But that's the problem, though, yeah. is that they're not going to order a cocktail. Right. If you're interested and you want me to engage you, like, look, look, I'm, I'm going to be professional. Oh, I don't want that. I, I like my vodka soda. I don't want any of those things, but I'm just curious to know what sure, you're doing. Sure, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, is that exactly. like if you want to have a conversation, let's talk about a lot of things. Yeah. That what I'm making for you not to drink mm-hmm. is, is not the conversation that I per se want to have. You guys know that when people go to a bar and they sit at the bar, you know, if they're not with somebody, they're looking to be social with somebody. But most of the time, and they're trying they're to be with social somebody. with you. But no, most of the time they're with somebody. It's not like the solo dude. It's somebody oh, it's that's never like, by themselves. They're not by themselves. This, that's, by themselves, guys, free pass. Right. They, I'll talk to you about whatever. I'll describe everything that, it, that I'm making to you. But it's it's generally somebody who's with somebody. So I can who, continue what I'm doing? Could, I, I encourage oh, it. Oh, for sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just make sure you sit in front of the cocktail yeah. station and then go from there. Here's the thing. I got two instances real quick. One, This happened to me twice in the last week. One guy was sitting in front of the cocktail station like, bound, like hounding the crap out of me, right? And then another guy was sitting in the middle of the bar who asked me like legitimate questions as I was walking by. And I, he asked about a cocktail. I told him what was in it. And he ordered it. If Nails. I didn't, if I didn't engage him, I could have just been like bourbon. Yeah. Bourbon's in that cocktail. You got to. You have you to do that, though. Exactly. Yeah, you have to do. That. Right. That's that's a job. And and I get that. This this is when we get to just unload and be pissy about it yeah. because I've had no for drinks. that part. Yeah, no for that right. part. No, right. But this guy did because he's generally curious about what is what's going fizz, on, right? Yeah. And then he drank it. And it he was like, that's space, delicious. Safe yeah. space. Yeah. yeah. Jude, thank you. So much for coming on, dude. Your knowledge yeah. is unbelievable. Our Your pleasure. Passion, passion is incredible. Thanks for having us. Um, dude, we honestly, to build a relationship with you just be, between you being a customer and me being a bartender has been great. But to take it to this next echelon of us just sharing this table of good beer, good whiskey. And then even super further great. when we do a collab. Exactly. <laughs> Secure just takes it to the and next And write a level. song together, right? <laughs> well, if you want, I'll drum yeah, it. Listen to CDs. I'll drum it out if you play the guitar. Yeah, <clears> all right, we'll do it. All right, for all our listeners out there, Hop Witcher, all right, formerly or currently of Darien, out uh, of Miskatonic's yes. Brewery, soon to be out of Lincoln Avenue, their own brick-and-mortar place in Chicago. You got it. Check them out. Everybody. At Hop Butcher all the time. Wherever you look, it's always at, at Hop Butcher. At Hop Butcher? Yep. Perfect, dude. The, the, the beer is unbelievable. The The owner that we got to meet today and hang out with today has, has been even better and more special for us. Uh, Garrett, thank you so much for bringing on the Sazerac Rye Single Barrel. Oh, my pleasure. Everybody get over to Burger Social, Maze and Mash, Barrel and Rye, Burger Local. Everybody's got this pour for $13 for one and a half ounces plus tax. Don't forget about that. Grab a bottle. Grab a bottle if it's available. It's it's still available? It's gonna, it's going quick. Okay. So Maze has it right now. If we put yep. this out in the next couple of days, anybody who's listening, definitely get over there and grab a bottle. 
take care of your bartenders and servers right now. They definitely appreciate it in these slower times. Um, be good to everybody. Drink responsibly. Jude, do you want to plug anything that we didn't go over? Be good to everybody. Love it's it. love. You yeah. know, let's all support each other. Lift everybody up. Cool, man. Give what you get. All right, well, here. Get love. Give love. Give love. Give love. Here's to today. See you hey, tomorrow. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, on the next podcast, we're going to have another guest on. Garrett, you want to you roll with this real quick? Yeah, this is a... A customer who came in and uh, I follow. She follows us, and I started following her. And I think her whiskey knowledge is incredible, and I can't wait to dive in with her. Perfect. She's coming on the podcast. We can't wait to meet her and have her share uh, her knowledge with us. And uh, like Jude said, it's love. All right, it's love. Be good to each other, and we'll see you guys for the next cocktail. Thanks for joining us on the Sipping Social podcast. And if this is your first time listening. Check in uh, and listen to our old podcast. Some of them are good. Some of them are drinky. But bottom line is we have a lot of fun. And uh, we definitely look forward to the next cocktail with you guys. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. Later. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and our friends that support us. We could not do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us if you like this podcast. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, a shout-out to Johnny Perona in Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. We're gonna try it on the podcast. I, yeah. you know, I, I know what you guys would. I, I, I mean, as I'll I look at the, as I look at the shelves, I know what. I mean, I figure I know what you guys have had and what you haven't. It's had. okay. We, you we, know, we want to try new stuff, yeah. and every now and then we gotta. We can't drink the top shelf stuff, you know. <laughs> what a fucking dude! <laughs> I'm just joking, dude. No, it's, it's gonna be delicious, dude. Well, I was gonna buy the one bottle. It was hundred bucks. I just figured you guys weren't worth it. <laughs>